0: Hey, everybody. It's Bevan. Welcome to Bevan FM over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times this time to start the show. This show is called holiday morning, holiday morning, holiday morning. And it is in fact a kind of vague play on Tony, 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 only I haven't figured out how to spell holiday morning uh, different because I really am talking about grief. When this podcast idea was first sort of floating in my consciousness. I was like, is my podcast only about grief and dying, Bevan? You know what I mean? That was my first reaction. But you know what? Life is about that sometimes. And I really feel like, um, what are we, 20 months into the pandemic? We're on like week 89. Uh, This is definitely a time where there is just death and dying around and grief all around. Um, A conservative estimate of people who had died uh, that I read like two months ago is one in 500 Americans have passed away just from this virus alone. That's not counting death via suicide. It's not counting death via overdose. It's not counting all of the people with long COVID who are now disabled. There is so much grief and change happening out there. Um, People being confronted with themselves like uh, there's just a lot. That people are going through. And so I've just been really acutely aware of how much people need our increased sensitivity. Um, and also we need the skills to grieve and carry on. You know what I mean? And I mean, carry on, not like forget what's going on, but like carry on, like continue to pursue our joy and find our joy every single day. It can be really, really tough to do that in times where our grief feels more acute and more ouchy. I read a really good, um, reflection on Instagram, uh, by this woman about the death of her brother, like 15 years later, she's like, it's like walking across Legos, uh, with your bare feet. She's like, at first it's like only walking on Legos, but then it just kind of, the Legos never go away totally. Right. Like you get those ouch moments. And I think learning how to live and grieve is kind of learning how to experience the ouch moments and how also to get ahead of the ouch moments, right. To really kind of have some mindfulness to, your experience of life—that you're curating, the experience that you want to be having, and carrying and processing the real emotions of loss that we experience—you know, at the, you know, especially at the holiday season. So, right now, um, today is the day after uh, the fourth Thursday in November, <laughs> wherein I had a meal with my quarantine pod. That was the experience I had this year. I um, am really considering maybe never doing Thanksgiving again. Um, I mean, honestly, like all of this stuff I've studied um, and just learned about colonization and um, the treatment of the indigenous people, like the whole idea of the holiday of Thanksgiving is based on a myth of a history that didn't happen Um, something that's been really interesting for me is like in the last few years since my grandmother passed away I just kind of shrugged my shoulders about the truth of my family history everyone has a different story about everything you know what I mean like everyone's experience is different and um, narratives like this is us on tv like where they kind of tell things from uh, different time perspectives at the same time right like For me, I feel like my whole family history is magical realism. It's like there's everyone's experience of it and then there's the truth and what even is that? So um, it's been kind of fun to feel that way about my family history, which I used to feel so very black and white about like, oh, this is the right story for what happened Um, And I don't care that much about being right anymore. I care more way more about being happy and sometimes telling a fun story uh, and telling a dramatic story. Like I tend to just want to believe the most dramatic family history that I've heard. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, why not? Like, why not have it be fun? Um, My grandfather was arrested for drunk driving on a horse back in the 60s. And I have to say, if this was like a social media time, like definitely a picture of Robert Irwin would have circulated throughout the U.S., um, about drunk driving on a horse, um, uh, probably with a stock image photo of him drunk driving on a horse, or maybe even a video of it, because if it was now, uh, people would have video. Um, anyway, <laughs> that was, that was, uh, you know, my mom's birth father. <laughs> anyway, what even is history? What even happened? Right. Um, I feel like when you're really into questioning your reality and curating your experience on earth, um, you're asking yourself questions about like, well, what does it matter, right? Like, do I need to have a strong opinion about this? Do I need to have a strong feeling about this? Sometimes I really just let things go because I'm like, eh, I don't really feel like I need to process this. Um, I think there's some stuff that can come up for us specifically this time of year. I wanted to talk about um, holiday morning, holiday morning, holiday morning in three distinct sections. So right now I want to talk about Grieving people who are not with you at the holidays anymore. So like you had holidays, you had holidays with specific people, you had holidays with specific people and specific foods. Um, Cause that food is just such a part of ritual, uh, especially this time of year. It's Sagittarius season. Like I really think um, my friend Dre posted about this. And I really think this is a, a key takeaway is Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter and Jupiter is a planet um, that kind of rules Um, faith and our connection to our resources and feasting and harvesting and travel, right? And so there's a lot of travel, there's a lot of gathering, and there's a lot of feasting in Sagittarius season. Um, And the fourth Monday in November always falls in Sagittarius season. So, you know, Sagittarius is the party sign. It's the natal sun sign for uh, Britney Spears and Billie Eilish. It's a big pop star sign. Uh, Oh, also Taylor Swift um so right like so it's like it's party energy and it's here to gather people and I think part of the human experience is gathering with the people you love and when the people you love aren't on this plane anymore it can be hard to want to continue to do that kind of gathering and I've been really reflecting like this pandemic has been such a unique experience for so many reasons including like very chill holidays but I've been kind of having chill holidays for a few years and um, I no longer just like go to a big gathering just to go somewhere on a Christmas. Um, But I might do something like a low key dinner uh, with friends or um, I might host like I think my real hope in life is to be able to just truly host for the holidays because I love doing it. And it's my birthday on Christmas Eve, right? So I want to curate the experience I want. But just thinking about like, what do you do when like you have this thing that you do? every year at that time, and then those people aren't alive, or those people aren't in your life anymore, or those people are kind of unbearable, and you don't want them in your life anymore, (laughs) like you can have real good boundaries with family. Um, Episode 77 of my podcast with Jeffrey Marsh um, is very good. We do not talk about this specifically, but Jeffrey has been talking about this because Jeffrey is in no contact with their family. And because their family is Uh, the aforementioned unbearable, right? Like, and that's so true. Like, and it may be, it might not be a forever thing when that happens. Um, That hasn't been true for me. Sometimes I couldn't be with my family and now I feel fine about it. You know what I mean? But I've also really done a lot of therapy and building up my emotional resilience um, for circumstances. And I think people and families change and mellow out and times change and people become more accepting Um, And less judgmental, at least that's what I would hope. Um, And if that's not the experience, then, you know, you don't have to be with those people anyway. um, So part of like having the holiday experience you want, is also recognizing ways. I think of like, acknowledge, I don't know, I think people can get really locked up in the grief process where they're like, oh, so and so is not here. So I don't want to celebrate anymore. But I also think that, like, we can have really beautiful rituals for grieving that um, coincide with our holiday experiences if we hold space for it. Right. Like there are certain movies I watch where I think about certain people. Um, My stepmom's favorite movie. uh, She passed when I was 19 years old. My first real experience of grief. Wow. I did not know what I was doing. I was very much just choosing not to think about her or anytime I would think about her, I would cry. It was really hard for years. I'm so glad I've done work on this. Right. Her favorite movie was, it's a wonderful life. We watched it together pretty much every year. So I watch it at least once a season. Um, and it's an important movie. It's such a good Christmas movie. I think there's like a few essential movies that to me, like make me feel like I'm anchored in this time. And those are traditions that I choose to create in my Christmas present. Um, and that's, uh, I watch Muppet Christmas Carol. I watch elf. Um, those are two big ones. I mean, there's others that I watch every year, but I'm not going to list every single one. But I will say I'm committed to, and I haven't yet done it this year, is watching Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square movie. I usually watch at least one or two Dolly Parton TV movies uh, from Christmas on um, YouTube. She's so soothing, and Christmas content is just my fave. So, anyway, just finding the little things that, like, make me feel like the holidays that kind of connect to certain people is really fun. Um And yeah, so just really thinking through like what's meaningful for you. I think some food traditions are really nice. Um, I used to on Black Friday. So my stepmom would get me for Thanksgiving frequently because my mom wouldn't want me to go uh, visit my dad for Christmas because that's my birthday. So my mom would kind of lobby for that. And um, but Liz would get me for Thanksgiving and I would go with her to her family. And it was very overwhelming. I was an only child. Liz was my stepmom, very new to me. And um, and my dad, like who I didn't have like a strong, strong relationship with. I didn't see him a lot. Um, but then we would go to Liz's. Liz was like one of six kids and um, they all had a ton of kids. And so I was just this only child with this like sea of kids who all knew each other because they were family. Um, and so we would have this giant Thanksgiving dinner. And then the next day we would make Tamales. And it was like such a sacred food ritual that I didn't even understand. I mean, you know, I was there. I did the things. Right. But like now I see it and I'm like, oh, my God, sacred food ritual with the family. Um, And it's, you know, you just make them for hours and hours and visit. And like, it's really nourishing. It's such a great tradition, especially when people have gathered from near and far. Um, And that is like truly one of the things I miss the most about her is just the traditions that she brought with her. But I have those memories, which is nice. And I also like actively want to have like that tamale process brought into my holidays. It doesn't have to be on Black Friday. Um, but I also loved how anti-capitalist it was because basically we were all like pooling our resources, making a ton of food for the next like who knows how long, like everyone left with dozens of tamales. So um, I thought it was like kind of good, like mutual aid, community care sort of ritual too. Um, hit me up if you want to have a tamale making party. Um, so yeah, so holiday morning, just being present for grief. Also, to, like Thanksgiving as an idea is such a myth. It's totally made up. Um, It's actually really horrible and genocidal. It talks about it's a real celebrating colonialism by embracing the colonizer in your mind, through indoctrination from like school systems and like, culture teaching us that Thanksgiving is okay. Like everyone should definitely eat turkey once a year, right? Like maybe? But like, and maybe celebrate with a feast, but like also, and also gratitude, right? Gratitude to the land, to the earth for what she gives us, maybe like really learning from indigenous wisdom, right? Um, and so my friend Dieter said this, and I thought it really resonated with me. She was like, this to me is a holiday of mourning, like mourning this idea of what I thought this was, mourning that like so many people in my life, like still aren't willing to unlearn the ideas that they had that are like rooted in white supremacy and genocide. And like, I think right now for me mourning the fact that so many people are okay with mass death, like all of these COVID deaths that are happening now, we're, we're losing like a 9-11's worth of people every day and people just act like it's okay. Like these narratives we hear about like the smallpox blankets uh, that, I mean, I learned about that in school. Like, I, I don't know, like I went to, I graduated high school 25 years ago. Can you even believe it? I can't. Um, and I learned about the smallpox blankets that like the pilgrims quote unquote, like brought uh, these smallpox infected blankets and like wiped out indigenous people. And like the fact that we learn about it, like kind of normalizes that kind of behavior and it's not okay. It's not okay to like be illegal immigrants that don't speak the language and hand out smallpox blankets and just forcibly take things by violence. Like anyway, it's, Wild. So this is a holiday of morning. It's a complicated day, but I feel grateful for the meal I got to have. And I have to say this year I had a very unique holiday experience Um, for Thanksgiving. Like, it just like the last two years, I've spent it with my quarantine pod. And it, I will say two years ago, the coronavirus existed, but it wasn't, Uh, I wasn't hyper aware of it at that time, right? Like we weren't masking, we weren't quarantining yet, November 2019. Same Thanksgiving, right? Like our quarantine pod together it's just a couple of neighbors and then me mom and pat and um we had a lovely meal we really like all went out and like like it was almost like a little potluck right and we had a lovely meal you know what i mean on a on the fourth uh thursday and i had gotten my vaccine booster the day i was eligible which was wednesday um one month before my birthday and i thought it was so auspicious so i was like yes let's do it and so i wore a festive outfit because i wanted to make it fun for me and I got my booster shot. Uh, Mom wanted to go to Costco the day before the, uh, before my booster shot, right. It was the day before Thanksgiving. Mom wants to go to Costco and I'm like, Oh my God, it's going to be a madhouse. Why would you go to Costco? She needed a prescription. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to be wearing a really festive outfit for my booster. So I guess I'm going to wear it to Costco. And I actually had a great time walking around Costco in a fun outfit. Um, and picked up some ibuprofen. I don't know. I love Costco. I study a lot of success books and I don't have a Costco membership. So going is like really fun and special for me. Um, And they have a really ethical, sustainable business model, um, which prioritizes uh, the experience of their employees and their customers. And their CEO makes uh, very little compared to other CEOs. He makes like under 400,000. Anyway, I've studied it a lot. I'm kind of obsessed with them and I love getting to go to Costco. And it was a fun experience. And then the very next day was Thanksgiving. We have this big storm, afraid we might get a power outage again. And so we had an early dinner in case the power went out. And I just started to feel my symptoms from the booster. And I was able to, after about an hour and 45 minutes, go home and lay down. And I laid down the whole, I just spent the whole day in bed that. So it's really interesting, right? Like all the memories I've had all of the like hard holidays I've had with like big breakups, right? Like I've had, um, big breakups. This is like, uh, going into the other kind of holiday morning, which is morning, like what you thought was going to have happen. Right. Like I think a lot of times our breakups, our heartbreak experiences, are our, our, uh, expectations we had for what things were going to be like, right? Like, you know, if it's the end of a relationship, it's the end of a relationship. Like I can see now in hindsight, things I was very upset with at the time, uh how right it was <laughs> that those things ended right like i can say it's clearly um with hindsight uh but like you know when you're in that kind of mix of grief and you're having a holiday experience and just trying to salvage something it can be really hard to be like dealing with a breakup my mom on one so one thanksgiving i had um 2007 had just uh so my anniversary with my first fiance um was um, mid November, mid to late November. Uh, and it was November 17th actually, because it was the same day that, um, my, my stepmom Liz and my dad got married. That's why I can always still remember it. Um, and so that was our anniversary. And it's interesting. I was thinking back to like all these different Thanksgivings I've had as an adult and a young adult, uh, and a child, I was like, Oh, I had so many Thanksgivings where I was in a new romance. (laughs) Like, I, I don't know. It was like a few times it was like, we started flirting in Libra season. We got like, we got into it in Scorpio season, like, uh, and then in Sagittarius season, it was just like on and popping for feast and party season of Sagittarius. Um, anyway, it's interesting, right? So my ex and I had that anniversary eleven seventeen, And then, so 2007, we had just broken up. So we broke up and then we hit our two year anniversary, like within a couple weeks. And, um, I remember like driving to my friend's place in Columbus. It was my drag family from Philly. So it was like a friends who are like family Thanksgiving. I love that kind of thing. And I love getting to visit people for holidays. And um, it's really hard in these coronavirus times to like have, to be able to like conscientiously travel, right? Like I just keep seeing these spikes and I'm like, I'm glad I'm kind of out of the mix, right? Like I took this year to like focus on community health for Thanksgiving, But I am so grateful I got to go be with those friends that year. I really needed that like familial connection that like, you know, and also just driving to get to go see friends that you don't get to be in the presence of very often. It's really nice. Um, But I was like out of my mind with grief because I was going through this breakup and um, my mom gave me the advice because she could tell I was really upset when I called her on Thanksgiving because she was out in California. Um, and I was in, I was living in Jersey city, New Jersey in New Jersey, um, my Jersey days. Oh, that 201 phone number. I don't have it anymore. Um, anyway, everyone was saying like, oh, Jersey. I long after I lived in New Jersey. Uh, and I was like, you know, when I moved to California, I was like, let me just go ahead and get a three, two, three number. Um, so, but I kind of miss it. I feel nostalgic for New Jersey anyway. So I'm living in New Jersey. I drive to Ohio. I'm like heartbroken and crushed. My mom hears it in my voice and she says, maybe you should just throw yourself into an art project. And so I immediately think I'm going to start a podcast. So I totally started a podcast and I started a very highly edited podcast. Like this is me just chatting with you. Like we're hanging out in my living room. But like I had a podcast where like I had all these segments. I interviewed people like it was. Uh, very much like entertainment tonight you know what I mean and it took us like 60 hours to edit the thing every month and my friend was doing the edit like the actual technical editing and that was so helpful and so like I made it happen but like that's what I threw myself into my mom was really suggesting like she said to me later she's like I meant like do a collage um so (laughs) but I did I threw myself into an art project and it was really good for me to create and like it was such catharsis it was so helpful for my healing and helpful for me like kind of getting myself together. Cause like, you know, in those early parts of grief, like it's a hard, it's a hard sell to brush your teeth and take a shower. Right. Um, there's some seven basics of self-care that you can make a list of that like are really like what you need to do every day. Like for me, I have to take my vitamins. Um, I need to make sure my cat gets his medicine. Um, I you know have some like I do my affirmations, I do a daily meditation sometimes a couple times a day, right like so there's a lot of things I do every day that like keep me at the emotional maturity that I wanna be in that keep me green and growing um and that help me like stay some basic self care and I have it in a list for a reason because sometimes I'm like a little out of my mind, you know what I mean, but this is what helps ground me so on days like where um like a couple of months ago, I shared on the podcast, like my friend um, Purple Courtney uh, died via suicide. And like in those like first few days, like I had that list to turn to because I knew then what's the next right thing to do. So it's helpful, right? Like anytime I'm depressed or I'm sick, I make the vow to myself that I'm going to shower every day because it makes such a big difference, even for just a few minutes, like when you're sick. But like when I was going through my vaccine symptoms yesterday, oh man, it's the most Capricorn thing I've ever done, by the way, to schedule like when I'm going to feel ill. And I know not everyone feels the symptoms, but for me, like my immune system, I just want to say, I think it's my immune system is like on and popping. And so like, it's like, what is this? what's going on, right? Like trying to really detox and get it out of there and be like, no, you're going to rest. So all it was for me, this time was rest. If I had to rank the vaccine shots by heaviness of symptoms, experienced, first shot was the easiest. uh, This booster shot was the second hardest. And then uh, the second shot from the first vaccine was the hardest for me, but it was like over, like it was, there's a moment where it's just done and the fever breaks and it's like 18 hours in like a reliable illness that just like burns off whereas like getting actual covid you might die right like it's so nasty um anyway so i'm grateful and glad for the booster i'm grateful and glad for the science and technology that went into creating this vaccine so that we could be protected but i'm also here for the masking and the social distancing and doing the best we can to mitigate the spread of the virus because vaccinated people can still incubate the virus in their lungs and pass it on to people so like the fact that this is another holiday morning for me this year is like the fact that people are spending time with people they don't even like that people that make them annoyed and that people that like actively harm them like people spending time with people like that and possibly spreading the virus back and forth like that is bananas to me like i'm just like this is a hundred percent priority life we're living now in the pandemic do you have a hundred percent priority for seeing this person putting them in danger of like whatever you've experienced i know so many people who've had breakthrough covid and it sounds nasty even with a vaccine so anyway holiday morning so many things to mourn. Um anyway, I wanted to also talk about like what to do when like you're in this the this holiday like grief experience where you're like, "Oh, if we would have been together X number of years or if my child would have uh lived, it would have looked like this," right? Like getting into those types of things. I like to just then turn to Christmas future and start to vision. Like, what does my ideal holiday look like? Do I really want to be hosting Thanksgiving? You know what I mean? Like I, I actually thought that to myself because I feel sad. I feel sad this year. I was like, oh, I don't have my family yet. Like, I really think that I want to have a family and I still don't have it. And like Thanksgiving specifically, it's always been Thanksgiving, um, or fourth, no fourth Thursday, in November, as I'm now calling it. That has always been such a hard one for me, like ever since that one first uh, 2007, where I felt all those breakup feels for not being with my partner anymore and like spending Thanksgiving alone. Uh, oh, and then I felt really angry because I saw on um, the Internet that uh, he had driven to Atlanta. He owed me a ton of money and he drove to Atlanta to go see the person he left me for. Um, it was rough. Uh, but I threw myself into my art project and I think everything came out, Bevan, uh, from that experience. I'm real glad, real glad I d- didn't date that guy anymore. And that was the breakup I had during my Saturn return. I want to talk a little bit about Saturn return. So Saturn return is where Saturn goes back through your char- your birth chart. So it's like going back through the sign it was in when you were born. It takes about 27 and a half years. You've heard of the 27 and a half club. A lot of people, um, die via suicide around 27. Um, it's very intense and it's basically, your intuition coming in and teaching you where you need to have better boundaries and where you're off track in your life and out of alignment and sometimes those apple cart upsets are very big and dramatic and for me they definitely were i uh that relationship ended that we were getting married we were engaged um save the date magnets had gone out um many people in my life actually just cut him out of the save the date magnet which i thought was kind of cute uh, or cut me out of the save the day magnet that was on a few people's fridges too. Um, anyway, it's fun to send people magnets of you if you really like that picture. Uh, that's just a pro tip. Um, so anyway, like, I don't know where I was going with that, but basically like, I just kept having these like grief filled holiday periods specifically around Thanksgiving every year being like, Oh, if we had been married, our kids would be X years old now. I don't do that anymore because I I'm so grateful and glad we didn't get married, but like, it took me a while to process that grief and I needed to just be present for it, but also continue to envision the holidays I want to have, you know what I mean? And like, how do I want to create the life I have? So now I want to talk about holiday morning, like, and that to me, holiday morning spelled like morning, like the morning you wake up is like choosing to wake up with a song in your heart anyway, even in spite of a world that isn't the way you think it should be. Even in spite of a world that doesn't have all the people you want to be with in the physical realm, right? This is just you waking up in the morning every day. How are you going to do it? Your morning determines your reality, right? Like, so obviously you can have a good morning routine. I did my morning routine on my holiday yesterday. Um, and again, a holiday is just a day. It's not forever, right? Like really, it's just, I. for me, it's just like another day, but then like I do special stuff, maybe some ritual stuff. It's like how I spend my time in that day. So holiday morning, how are you going to spend your time in this holiday season? What kind of holiday do you want to have? What are your outcomes? Right? We were talking, me and my friend Mindy, who I've interviewed on this podcast a couple times, highly recommend those episodes. Uh, Mindy and I were talking about uh, having like a bare minimum Christmas box. I've been operating like this for the last three years. I moved to a tiny house uh, three years ago, well, no, two years ago, I moved, but this will be my third Christmas. So this bare minimum box has been great because like when I packed up my Christmas stuff, Um, in California, I like, first of all, got rid of a lot of it, which was kind of sad, but also liberating. I didn't need to carry all that stuff around. Um, so I only have stuff that I really love and like irreplaceable, like, um, childhood ornaments. When my mom moved to tiny house living, she gave me all the childhood ornaments. So now I have like prioritized what is like a keepsake. I haven't even opened those boxes since I moved up here. I have really just operated out of this bare minimum, like I'll call it two boxes because I have a box of Christmas clothes because I think there's festivity in how you dress. And if you're a person who dresses delightfully, bring it out and shine your brightest because people need shining lights in this dark, weird world. Like going to Costco in a festive outfit was really fun. I brightened some people. This guy said, you look like Mrs. Claus. And I said, thank you, sir. That is exactly the vibe I was going for. Um. And so, so what do you want? Like what's in your bare minimum box, right? Like I don't have a tree up. It makes me a little bummed that I don't, but I don't really have room for a tree so that it is what it is. Right. But I have lots of like Christmas swag and Christmas signs and little things I swap out. Like my, um, I've Christmas, uh, you know, uh, mitts for the cooking. Like my, my, you know, you can do it, right? Like you get a Christmas blanket, a Christmas pillow, Uh, some Christmas banners. Um, It's really cute in here. So for me, having a bare minimum box is really good. It makes me feel good. I have the holidays I want to have. Thinking about how you want to feast. What does feasting feel like to you? How does it feel to Eat in a gratitudinal space for what the earth is giving us, right? And like, also, how do you want to experience this? This like darkest night of the year, right? And like, how does how does what kind of solstice rituals do you have, right? Like, how do you want to self-examine at solstice? I always find that's a great opportunity for self-examination. Um, decide when you'll have your holiday. I hung out on Thanksgiving. Uh, at 4:20 from my bed, from my sick bed, uh, with like eight people. And like a couple of folks were just like not celebrating the holiday on that day. They were going to do a meal a different day. Cause what even is time, right? Like we get to decide. And so many folks are in service service professions or first responders, medical folks who are working anyway. So like, you know, just have your holiday when you have it. Um, and I want to also give you my favorite holiday morning, uh, which is my favorite holiday morning, uh, dish to make. So it's really rich. So when I'm thinking about feasting, I think a lot of feasting can be quantity of food, but it's also like maybe some richness, right? Like it's a lot of cream of mushroom soup type things, side dishes with like a lot of cheese, potentially. I don't eat a lot of dairy, but I ate some, uh, in the last couple of days and I'm going to make that digestive choice for that one day. Right. Like, and that's kind of the feasting I wanted to do, but this is something I love a good holiday breakfast. Um, I'd love to have something like this, um, on hand To make it easy and it's so easy to prep ahead of time it's so easy to have everything just kind of like ready to throw together um and you put it in and then in an hour you're just a hero because it's so delicious so um it's really tater tot casserole with a little modification but i like to call it spotted owl casserole simply because my friend um, made a joke about bringing spotted owl casserole and not getting invited back to the lesbian potluck And, um, also you make it with like whatever kind of ground meat you want, ground sausage, ground turkey, ground, you could just crumble up bacon and put it in here. You could put no sausage at all. And you're not missing anything because the star of the show is the tater tots. So you get a bag of tater tots, you get a stick of butter and melt it. I am not joking about the amount of butter. This is clearly a Midwestern recipe. Um, you get a can of cream of mushroom soup. You get a contain a small container of uh, sour cream, Eh, like however much sour cream, eyeball it, right? Um, Some salt and pepper and a bag of cheese, uh, a bag of just shredded cheese. Uh, It's all really easy to grab at the grocery store. You mix this all together. You put it in a greased nine by 13 casserole pan. You put it in the oven on 350, 400 eyeball it uh, and then let it go for about an hour. Uh, And like, you know, keep an eye on it. It is so good. It's one of my favorite holiday things. I think part of um, nourishing ourselves uh, and taking care and self-love is just taking that extra time to go the extra mile to make the thing that makes us feel special. Um, And this is also, speaking of grieving, my favorite thing to give to people who are in mourning because sometimes it's hard to remember to eat. And this is a very high calorie filling um, meal and delicious. And like, honestly, like if you don't feel like eating, but you're eating tater tot casserole life is, you know, momentarily a little delicious, even when it's hard. So I hope this helps. Let me know if it did. Let me, draw me a note, uh, facky dance party at gmail.com. Um, you can follow the podcast, you can like, and subscribe and all the things. Um, and also, I would love for you to support this podcast if you would like to. Um, I have an Amazon wish list. If you're just like a one-time person, I don't want to join a membership. Amazon wish list me, and it's my birthday month. It's Christmas. Um, I'd really, you know, appreciate whatever you feel you want to send me out of value or whatever. Um, also, the best way to support this podcast is to become a Patreon supporter. So Patreon, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com, is a membership support site that allows creators like me to create work that's of value to folks like you. And I have lots of tiers of membership. I like to add value to people's lives and mostly help them with self care. Uh, But this podcast is free for anybody. So it's just here for me to help you learn stuff I've learned. Um, I like to be a river, not a reservoir. And I love getting to create this for you. So thanks for tuning in. Um, So patreon.com, you can join lots of tiers. Uh, The flagship tiers, the $25 a month, that's my Fat Kid Dance Party aerobics membership. So you get access to six aerobics classes at a time. I refresh the oldest one weekly. There's always a 10-minute, a 20-minute, 2 55-minute classes, a chair aerobics class, and a canisize class, which is slower, more repetitive choreography for use with an optional cannabis experience. Um, I love teaching these aerobics. It's a great way. It's as much about mindset as it is about movement, but it's really fun to dance together. I also teach this class on Zoom. And, uh, that's on Saturdays and, uh, and occasional Monday nights, uh, I do a canna size class. So all of those zoom classes are included in membership starting as low as five bucks a month. So it really helps me, um, in the pandemic, I wasn't able to tour anymore and shifting over to focusing on adding value to Patreon has been really great and I love it. And I love getting to create art, um, and getting to teach. Uh, I've been teaching on spiritual self-care. So, for the last year, um, I've been putting together one a month uh, spiritual lessons of different pillars of my self care practice that nourish my relationship with God. So, I've talked about altar spaces, uh, I've talked about ancestors. This month for Sagittarius season, I talked about sex magic with my friend Ashley Manta, the can of sexual, who is a literal expert in sex magic. In fact, I just took her class, uh, Activate Your Cosmic Pussy. Uh, I was in the fall cohort. It was so good. She's such a good facilitator. She teaches so many great things that are just going to level up every area of your life. Um, so that's, I forget the address, but the link is in the profile on Instagram for at Canna Sexual, So you can find it if you're interested in, uh, learning more about that. Um, and we talk about it a little bit in our sex magic, how to, but there's, she basically goes through some like actual rituals you can do. What is sex magic? How does it work? How has it helped her in her life? Um, and some manifestation and affirmation uh, work, which frankly, I think working on your thought life is one of the most important things you can do. Um, And affirmation work uh, that I've learned from that class has just leveled up. I've been working in affirmations for years, and I feel like I got to level up uh, in that class. So highly recommend it. I would love to have you as a Patreon supporter, patreon.com slash fkdp. I'm so excited you tuned into this episode. Thank you so much for being here with me and spending time with me. I value you. I appreciate you for being here on the virtual porch and I will talk to you next week.